Humboldt. Hey, it's another episode of Humboldt Last Week. I'm Miles Cochran. This is a way to hear some of the top stories from Humboldt's last week while you do stuff. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, KimKemp.com, and top podcast platforms. The winner of absolutely no awards, but who's counting? If you like it, please tell a friend and connect on Facebook or at HumboldtLastWeek.com. Disclaimer, this is a podcast for those that can handle a little explicit content. And thank you so much for your feedback. It definitely makes this thing better. Partnership this week comes from Primal Decor Tattoo and Body Piercing Studio on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka. Established in 1995, it's the longest-running tattoo and piercing shop in Humboldt. They're here to be a safe, fun place for piercings and tattoos. Their community-minded staff is always happy to help. For high-quality, artistic work, that's Primal Decor Tattoo and Body Piercing Studio on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka. And Ferndale Music Company with Sourdough Slim playing at the Old Steeple December 9th. Expect Western classics, country blues, vintage jazz, and string band favorites from the 1920s and 30s, described as raucous and heartfelt with perfect comedic timing and showmanship. Also performing will be string instrument virtuoso Robert Armstrong. That's Sourdough Slim at the Old Steeple in Ferndale, December 9th. Tickets at FerndaleMusicCompany.com. And Mazzotti's in Old Town in Eureka and on the Plaza in Arcata. They've been preparing delicious handcrafted lunch and dinner items in our community for over 30 years. Using classic Italian recipes and offering tasty specialty items from steaks and seafoods to soups, salads, and sandwiches, plus pizzas and calzones, their freshness and quality are second to none. Visit Mazzotti's today. And Bongo Boy Studio, local band The Gatehouse Well recently wrapped up their debut album there. The record is called And the Sparks Did Fly. That's appropriate. It's crisp, upbeat Celtic folk with great hooks. Again, that's And the Sparks Did Fly by The Gatehouse Well. Check out where it was recorded at bongoboystudio.com. December 13th. That's supposed to be when they'll decide if our public defender boss here is qualified for his job. There's a written requirement that a public defender here has to have practiced in all the California courts in the year before they were hired. It's argued that David Marcus, who was hired back in February, does not fit that description. The county and board of supervisors who hired the guy, they're arguing he was licensed to practice law in California. That should be enough. You know, a lot of stuff has happened. Marcus's own employees signed a letter saying he's not qualified. He allegedly verbally assaulted one of his employees after that. Uh, This lawsuit happened, and a bunch of lawyers left his office. After all that, last week, Loco reported he was summoned to talk to a judge privately about attorney-client chaos in the courthouse. That's how Loco put it. So again, December 13th, and it is all about this statute. Kind of a side note, but this written requirement, this statute, it's 70 years old. I'll read it. It says, a person is not eligible to the office of public defender unless he has been a practicing attorney in all the courts of the state for at least the year preceding the date of his election appointment. So does that also mean our public defender boss has to be a guy? We'll see how literally they interpret this thing. You've probably heard about them. They're a nonprofit that aims to make local drug users more healthy. They're once again taking flack. You see this mascot? It's a uh, cartoon squirrel with a cape holding a hypodermic needle. I saw in the Times Standard enough people were annoyed about this that it made it to a Eureka City Council meeting. People saying that it appears to appeal to kids. 
that it's normalizing drug use, that it's wrong. A social media post said, Joe Camel, remember him and why he had to go? Hatcher is standing behind the cartoon squirrel. In their response, they pretty much said the squirrel represents their lead volunteer, empowering some of their drug user volunteers to educate others about how to stay safe and alive. Here's the quote from board member Meredith Williams. I understand the concern that perhaps an animated figure will somehow entice children into drug use. As a criminologist with a doctorate in sociology, I've spent a lot of time researching what actually leads people into lives of drug use as well as crime. It is not a cartoon squirrel on a few t-shirts and stickers it is among other things growing up with high levels of abuse and trauma and humboldt county has a lot of those things end quote you could actually hear my interview with hatcher about the criticisms they've faced that was a couple months ago Well, last episode, it was someone getting hit by a shotgun blast in Lolita, randomly. This episode, random gunfire near Manila. That resulted in the cancellation of the yearly walk through the dunes as they're lit up by lanterns. Bullets whizzing by, a muzzle flash, bullets hitting trees, all reported. People say they sheltered in place and decided against the walk. Sheriff's office looked around. They could not find any suspects. Craziness. Also, I saw on North Coast News about 30 kids around the age of five were supposed to be a part of that lantern walk. The sheriff's office did, however, tell them that due to witness statements, they don't think the group of kids was being targeted. Dang, all these negligent discharges of firearms marks the uh, start of hunting season, actually, at the start of this month. So uh, last week I was talking about how some robbers allegedly were in SWAT gear, taking stuff. Well, it turns out at least the location of one of those instances was made up. Glad I said allegedly when I was talking about that. There was this narrative that five Spanish tourists were robbed at a national park, shots fired in the air, told to lay on the ground. Yeah, no. Those tourists lied to the sheriff's office. The robbery likely happened at a grow site and not at the national park. According to the journal, rangers helped establish the park side of this was untrue, starting with the fact that hundreds of other people in the park that day did not hear any gunshots. Through someone else, rangers got in touch with the tourists, and they allegedly admitted to making shit up because of a pot grow at one of the other reported robbery locations. They just didn't want to be associated with it. Hmm. Well, there's a town hall on the terrible opioid issues here impacting people of all backgrounds. Senator Mike McGuire announced almost $5 million bucks that'll go toward an opioid addiction health center set to open in 12 to 18 months. A local mom who never thought she'd be impacted by the opioid crisis here opened up the meeting talking about how her daughter got addicted and will be released from prison soon. Her daughter apparently worked at Costco and one day a co-worker offered her some pills to help her get through a long shift and it spiraled from there. Here's something KHSU quoted from a county health doctor, quote, Keep in mind that the people that have overdosed are our friends and neighbors. I keep hearing about all the homeless people coming in and flooding our community. Our data shows something quite different than that. The vast majority of these people own homes. They've been in this county for more than 25 years and are possibly 50 years old as an average. Another result of this meeting, according to the journal, County Supervisor Virginia Bass said in the next couple months, some kiosks are going to be placed around Eureka designed for the safe disposal of needles. I'm sure, just like me, you found a needle or two out there. 
Well, it's not humble, but I do want to send Humboldt love out to the victims of yet another senseless mass shooter act here in Northern California. Happened last week. A man away south of Redding killed his wife, his neighbor, and then targeted random people, including kids. Two children were wounded, one in critical condition. A huge amount of respect and appreciation goes out to the school officials who prevented something worse and got that elementary on lockdown with swift perfection. So December 1st, that's apparently when we'll find out from HSU's president if they're going to keep the football program. The season recently wrapped up. I saw on Channel 3, usually now coaching staff would be getting ready for the next season, but for lack of a better way to say it, things are still up in the air. So again, we'll see if HSU football will be put on ice December 1st. And also, speaking of ice December 1st, the ice rink in Fortuna... That's going to be back from then until January 7th in Fortuna's Newburgh Park. According to the Time Standard, last year about 16,000 people came and skated in Fortuna, and the proceeds benefit community organizations and schools. So that bruise on our ass is going to make Humboldt better. Let's go. This was probably an easy conviction. So the guy who on video told Monica from Channel 3 that he burnt the motherfucking place down is facing almost a decade behind bars for arson. Could you believe it? Uh, Making things real tough for investigators with footage like that. The DA's office noted a jury found this 56-year-old guilty of hitting a guy on the head with a tree branch, making him bleed, lighting his campsite on fire back in August. So Monica Petrozelli from Channel 3, KIM, she was there interviewing the guy, and twice when he thought the camera was off, he admitted to the crime. Burnt that motherfucking place down. All right, scratch and sniff cannabis ads. It is a thing. A post on Reddit last week that was super upvoted shows a Humboldt magazine with an image of a marijuana bud cropped in a circle with the caption, smells like freshly baked blueberry muffin. Cannabis patient or not, this is a good promo for blueberry muffins in general. Like, I'm hungry now. And this idea, to me, seemed pretty damn innovative as we uh, enter this brave new world of legal recreational cannabis. Chatting with me right now is Nat Pennington. He's the founder of Humboldt Seed Company, the people behind this scratch and sniff ad. Thanks uh, for giving me a whiff of what's going on, Nat. (laughs) Well, you're very welcome. And, um, yeah, I just want to add, too, that we had lots of help on this. We had, uh, you know, True Humboldt, the Sun Growers Guild, Eight Mile Family Farms, Hendrix Farms, a a nursery over in McKinleyville, and uh, also the good folks at the Humboldt Cannabis Magazine, which is a branch of the North Coast Journal. So, um, yeah, lots of help and you know, it is, I think, innovative and, and new. I'm not positive, but we can't seem to find anyone who's actually done a scratch and sniff with actual cannabis purpose. Wow. So it is innovative. So according to your mission statement, uh, Humboldt Seed Company, you guys provide high quality medical cannabis seeds to patients who want to grow their own medicine legally here. Maybe the first scratch and sniff cannabis ads to use these turpins. How did you get the idea to do that? <laughs> Well, um, I have to credit it to um, my partner. Because we had been extracting the turpins and then testing them to look for, you know, their sort of chemical makeup uh, and the constituents, and we found that the steam extraction 
technique, we realized that there were actually no um, cannabinoids carried through, that the only thing that was carried through into this purified turpin or, you know, scent, for those that may not be clear about the word turpin, were the scents and none of the, you know, psychoactive constituents in cannabis that, of course, we're all familiar with. Right. So, yeah, no THC on these scratch and sniff ads, so there's going to be nobody out there smoking magazines. But uh, what has the response been like, Nat? Do people say that these smell just like the bud? Yeah. You know, and to be completely honest, we kind of just, you know, rolled the dice on this one. Not anybody ever really having done it, not knowing exactly what the microencapsulation process would do to the sense. But I'll tell you, when the magazine finally arrived and we, you know, scratched and sniffed for the first time, we were just like blown away. And so the reaction has been similar. Folks have been really excited about it. Are you considering putting these ads in additional magazines? Yeah, we are thinking about that. There's some other ones that sort of target a similar audience where it's sort of people that are already involved in the marketplace. And there's a ton of applications for, I think, the process that we developed. You know, if folks are interested in learning about that, we're open to sharing how we did it. It wasn't easy and a lot of research went into how to get to that place and how to make it, you know, carry through those notes of cannabis that we wanted in the scent, the scratch and sniff scent. Well, I mean, thinking about all this is kind of funny. You know, you're making real scratch and sniff cannabis ads and kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum in recent years, Britain, in Britain, there is an organization that was distributing scratch and sniff cannabis cards, probably not with real turpins, but so that people would rat on their neighbors. They showed up in people's mailboxes and they were basically saying, oh, this is what to smell for uh, in terms of grows and, you know, narc on your neighbors. It kind of cracks me up how the tech can be implemented differently in different parts of the world. That is that is funny. And um, yeah, that's certainly like I remember, you know, that kind of, of thing where it was this uh, campaign to, you know, sort of drive out the cannabis culture and, and whatnot. And it seems like, you know, really on a global scale, we are witnessing what I would venture to say is the end of prohibition of this plant. And I definitely support that. A lot of families are even moving to states where they can access the medicine. So picking up their whole lives, moving to a place where they can have access to it because of the unbelievable effects that it has on stopping seizures. And there's more to come as far as that as we, you know, are able to do more research. I really truly believe that that we're going to find a lot more applications. You know, Britain was using cannabis scratch and sniff, not necessarily, you know, for the progression of the plant. You guys, on the other hand, using cannabis scratch and sniff for medicinal purposes. And I know you guys are more about the medicine side of things, but, um, you know, is the upcoming start of legal recreational cannabis changing things for your business at all? Well, it certainly is. I think banding together and sort of marching down the road of this new paradigm of cannabis legalization together as a county, as as farmers and things like that is the way to go. Let us know if you're interested in putting together some kind of a scratch and sniff for, for your farm, if you're listening out there, if you're a farmer, <laughs> and and we're ready to, to help folks out and 
let's get collaborative. All right, progression forward, marching together. Maybe uh, one day we'll have the tech to do scratch and sniff on our computer and phone screens. Following the chocolate factories, we'll, we'll follow each <laughs> it by our, within our lifetime, you know? <laughs> All right, well, that's Nat Pennington, the founder of Humboldt Seed Company. Is there anything else you'd like to mention, Nat? Yes, I'm going to start tuning into uh, your podcast more often. <laughs> Good deal. One more time, I want to thank the sponsors of this last episode, Primal Decor Tattoo and Body Piercing Studio on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka, Ferndale Music Company with Sourdough Slim playing at the Old Steeple December 9th, Mazzotti's in Eureka and Arcata, quality Italian food, and Bongo Boy Studio. Find them at bongoboystudio.com. Well, real quick, I want to talk about last week's episode. The congressman that represents us at a federal level, Jared Huffman, he made national headlines because he decided to publicly say he's not sure if there's a God. He said he was humanist. Went deep into that in the last episode. Yeah, the Washington Post found experts on religious identity in Congress saying that Jared Huffman is only the second member in contemporary records to say that his ethical system wasn't based on God. So it's kind of big news. I did include a poll with that, and I'll share the results with you. It says, do our politicians need to believe in God in order to be effective? Humboldt's results, 83% said no. 15% said yes. 1% undecided. Thanks a bunch to those of you providing kind feedback and feedback in general. Really appreciate that. I did want to let you know next week there will be no Humboldt last week episode. I'm headed off to Colorado with my daughter. We'll be back rip-roaring, ready to go in December. Hope you have fun. Hope you have a great holiday. Be safe out there. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Humble. Last. Week.